0: Hey there, it's your career insider, Cindy Thomas. Welcome to season three of the Insiders Career Club podcast, where industry professionals share the inside, I've got that in air quotes, scoop on their careers. Listeners know that I'm an HR career professional who's been in TA for over 25 years. But did you also know that I coach clients and help them plan and grow their careers, manage career transitions, help refine your interviewing skills, or I can help you work on a job search strategy. Now, have you been passed over for a promotion or a raise? Maybe you're frustrated because you're interviewing, but not getting the job offer. If that's happened to you, let me help you get back on track. Sign up for a free coaching call today with me at InsidersCareerClub.com. Remember, it's possible for you to have a great and a fulfilling career. Let's get you the career you deserve. Now, don't go anywhere. Up next is a great podcast. Stay tuned. This week's special guest is the formidable. Patty Billingsley. Patty started initially as a sales representative, and in 24 years in the industry, she worked her way up to her current role of VP of sales for a pharmaceutical company. She is an accomplished leader in fast-paced startup environments, and she's proven herself highly capable in building out commercial teams and processes to launch new therapies. With her primary role in sales, she's taken on rotational assignments in other areas and has contributed to 15 product launches over her career. Let's welcome in the amazing Patty Billingsley.
1: Patty, welcome into the Insider's Career Club podcast. Thank you, Cindy. Great to be here and get to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? So I actually grew up in Texas in a small uh, little place, Lubbock, Texas, and I made my way west over my lifetime. I started in Texas. I moved to Arizona and lived there for quite some time. And I love the beach. I love the ocean. And Arizona and Texas are not known for their beaches or oceans. So I moved Mm -hmm. over to San Diego back Uh in the late 90s. For me, San Diego has always felt like the best city for me overall. And so I just love living here.
0: I remember going on vacation there years ago when I was married and, you know, we went to the zoo and we did a bunch of stuff. It was, it was nice.
1: Why don't you give us a thumbnail sketch of your work career? So I actually started out in a different industry in the travel industry, the airline industry, and I moved over into pharmaceuticals and I've been in pharmaceuticals for about almost 25 years now. Mm-hmm. I started out as a sales rep. I did that for a while and then I took on progressive roles in sales leadership into my current position now, which I'm the VP of sales for a small pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. I've worked for big companies and I've worked for small companies. I really like the startup environment. It's very fast paced and you put a lot of different hats on and I really enjoy that aspect of being able to have a a big footprint in regards to just, you know, the goals and the avenue of the company.
0: Mm -hmm. And being able to, you know, the thing about a small company, Patty, is not just that you're working in a small environment, but it's the opportunity to see your work real time. Sometimes it gets lost in a big environment. You kind of don't see it.
1: You know, I say that when I interview people is that if you're not somebody that likes your results to be visible, then a startup Mm -hmm. is not really the place for you. It's good and it's bad. If you are not getting the results you need, it's very visible. But if you are getting the results and that visibility is there as well too.
0: Is there any particular reason why you chose sales when you decided to change your career focus?
1: Well, I have an interesting kind of path how I ended up in sales. I originally really had not planned to do pharmaceutical sales. And quite frankly, I didn't even know what pharmaceutical sales was. (laughs) I started uh, my career early on in nursing. And I had always done things very early in my life, going to school early, graduating early, and starting college early. And I was ready to start my clinical phase of nursing, which was my final year. And a job for a flight attendant came on. And I took that position knowing that I love, love, love to travel, but I hadn't been able to do much of it. I thought it would be a short kind of stint. It ended up turning into a little bit longer. While I was working in the airline industry, my sister worked for Dave Alberts, who was the head of the Arizona Cancer Center. And he asked me to take on a part time position as a lab assistant there based on my science background. And Mm -hmm. I did the position, but I really did not enjoy it. There was not a lot of interaction. There's not a lot of social. And my sister kept telling me, you have to tone it down when you're in the lab because people don't want you asking them how their day was. And Dave Alberts took note of that and he said, the perfect career for you would be pharmaceutical sales. You need to go Mm -hmm. back, you need to finish your degree and you need to get into pharmaceutical sales. And at the time, again, I didn't even know what it was about, but he was a great judge of character because it really balanced my love of science, my Mm -hmm. love of making a difference and patient aspect and really having better outcomes for people. And then that sales component where you're interacting with so many different people and I really enjoy a lot of variety. So for me, it's been a phenomenal fit and I seriously credit it all to Dave Alberts. He was the one that put that impetus on me in the beginning.
0: Wow, that's great. You know, throughout your career, you can get lots of advice. Sometimes it's not the right advice, but other times it's dead on. And I would encourage anyone listening that if they have good people in their lives that they trust take a listen to what they might be saying to you because it it can change your career. You know, it did it for me. When I was in high school, I was actually planning on being an administrative assistant or executive assistant. That's what I had kind of focused in on. I'd taken my shorthand classes and typing uh, classes and I was just going to go to a JC. But one of the nuns, because I went to a Catholic school, said, Hey Cindy, what are you doing after graduation? And I told her, and she said, oh, let me give you this application. Why not fill it out and see what happens? So I did. And I ended up at a four-year college and it changed my life, you know, from that direction of where I was going. And I ended up being a teacher instead of being an administrative assistant. And, you know, the rest is it. a long, winding career. But it's important to listen to the influences that you have in your life, if they're good influences.
1: I would say the same, listen and then do your own investigation, your own legwork, because I've been offered multiple things post that and post the pharmaceutical. I get a lot of people now saying, hey, we'd love you to run this business or do this business or or different things, but it's really not my area of interest after Mm -hmm. I investigate it. I feel like pharmaceutical sales for me was a great fit, but I've been offered other things that were not a good fit for me.
0: What does someone need to be able to be effective in this kind of a role?
1: Well, number one, they have to really be curious and they have to really want to find out why people do things a certain way. And with when we talk with providers, it's so important to understand why they treat patients a certain way and where the gaps are in their treatment and where the pain points are and, and where they feel like the needs aren't being met for patients. And so that curious personality, I think, is really important. It's important to be genuine and it's important to really have a thought process where it's not all about you. This is sales. And so there certainly is an opportunity to make a reasonable living, a reasonable career and support your family. But it's not really seen well if you don't really have mm-hmm. a genuine interest in others. And so that ability to build trust is is really important with your providers, is that you take your education serious and you take your learning serious and you learn about your product and the market space and the competitor products to the best of your ability. And you're constantly in that learning mode. That was one of the things that very early on really interested me about pharmaceutical sales. I love to learn and I love to learn new things. Mm -hmm. And so that part is a really good fit. Beyond that, some of the other things that somebody really needs to have is that tenacity and that persistence. These are tough jobs and people get told no so many times throughout the day. And you have to just really realize it's not necessarily no forever. It's You haven't found the right niche for that patient, for the product. Mm -hmm. You have to really ask better questions and you have to keep working. So that tenacious, I think, is really important. And that organization and being self-motivated, these are field positions. And so you don't have somebody that you, first of all, you're not punching a time card You do enter calls so people can see when you're working, but you don't have a manager over your back or you're not going into an office where everybody comes in at eight and leaves at five. You have to be really self-motivated and driven so that you get out of your house early in the morning and you come back at the end of the day.
0: You have to be organized and that motivation is truly important because the day can get away from you and nothing will be done and you're going to be held accountable at the end of your quarter or whatever, that's a big piece of it as well, I think. You know, for a lot of women that have been working that have any kind of tenure behind them in any roles, they've had difficulties in the workforce just trying to get into different types of roles, getting into different areas like pharmaceuticals, can you share with us about any roadblocks or difficulties you faced getting into a sales position from when you started to now? What's changed?
1: Well, I will say it has changed. And so that's the fortunate part of being able to look back over the past 25 years. When I first started, I went into my initial therapeutic area was cardiology, an area that was notoriously heavily dominated by men. My boss that hired me, happened to be a female too, which was very unusual at the time for her to be a female manager in cardiology. Not unheard of, but just not the norm. And so, she had, you know, let me know that she was definitely going to take a chance on me, but I had to be better prepared than everybody. And I think I've shared this before with you, Cindy, but on my first call, I walked in with my purse hanging on my side. And Janet, who was my boss, said, Patty, you don't take in your purse. You know, women just don't take in their purses to (laughs) calls." So there was some kind of things that you just had to learn from, but I think it's shifted. So I will say that I think there definitely is a thought process for the majority of people to hire the best person. And they don't make decisions for the most part. And I'm not being naive because I know that Mm -hmm. sometimes it does occur, but they don't make decisions based on if somebody's a female or a male, or if somebody is a certain ethnicity or a certain religion or those types of things. Mm -hmm. The people that I associate with most and they talk freely is they look for the best person for the job. So regardless of your gender or or anything else, you have to be really well prepared for that interview, because you have to realize that there's going to be other people that want that job just as much as you or more than you. And Mm -hmm. so that preparation is just critical so that you can really shine and you can really set yourself apart.
0: Well, speaking about hiring, you've been a manager for a long while, you know, moving up the ranks. When you're looking to hire a great employee, what are the things, the qualities, the skills that you're looking for that you feel are going to make a good fit for your team?
1: I look for passion first and foremost. Is that person really interesting and are they likable because, you know, it the access into offices is tough and people don't want to stand there and listen to a commercial or listen to, you know, somebody just repeating a, a message and so do they have that capability where they're interesting and they're trustworthy? I really Mm -hmm. look for grit. You know, that is such a a challenge right now. I can't be worried again, if somebody's backing their car out at seven in the morning or one in the afternoon and they're putting in a partial day, I look for people that have that really strong work ethic. And Mm -hmm. so I look for where they've been successful in their past. I think that's been one of the best predictors of future successes. Where have you had success in the past? And if you're new to sales, so, this is your first time job. You may think, well, how do I get that success? But you've had success mm-hmm. in other places. So, mm-hmm. whether it was in sports or whether it was in school or whether it was in your prior career, where have you had success that really demonstrates your ability to, to hold yourself to high standard and to really learn and work? And so, those are all the types of things that I look for.
0: Okay. What are the types of career growth options for someone who is in, in sales?
1: So first and foremost, if you're in sales and you're in an entry-level position where you're an individual contributor, you can always look at, do I want to promote? and Do I want to go up the ladder? And do I want to be a leader? Do I want to first manage one or two people and then eight or 10 and then 30 mm-hmm. or 40 and then 100 and on and on. So leadership is a great thing, but I would make sure that people are really understanding what that is because it takes its toll for sure. And so you really have to have that correct Motive and mindset to want to get into leadership. So leadership is certainly one option. You can move up within the sales leadership ladder, but there's always components where there's other parts of the business that you can expose yourself to, and mm-hmm. then move into those. And what I mean by that is, for example, sales is usually very tied in with marketing, and so it's kind of a subset of sales. And so is marketing. Is that something that you would be interested in shifting over to? And and then if it is. Make sure that your manager is aware of that and that you get exposure to that. Are there rotational Mm -hmm. assignments that you can do? Are there projects that you can take on? Again, just as you were getting into whatever sales position and you do your investigation, that learning process continues as you're in your role. And so you want to continue to investigate as you're in your role. My biggest advice is don't wait until you're tired of your current role to then start investigating what other opportunities. Be curious that entire time and do your job really well. Mm -hmm. the current job that you have, and then start looking at other areas of interest and how you can get yourself exposed to that and get yourself aligned with that as well, so that you might be considered a candidate for a different area within the business.
0: How has the pandemic affected the way that you do business? I know for the company that I was working with, their salespeople, when we were all shut down, you obviously couldn't go into hospitals. And yes, Zoom took on the role of, you know, being our, our interactions with each other. But what are the other ways in which you found ways to be successful or your team did?
1: So I think the pandemic thankfully, we're kind of coming in to the tail end of it, but it has Mm -hmm. changed the way that people do business a lot. When you look at an account and you look at an office, whether it's pharmaceuticals or any other, you know, when you have a salesperson that's calling on that office, they're taking away time from whoever they're making the presentation from other duties. The pandemic, besides just the access component and besides the ability and the need to be tenacious in regards to gaining that access. It's really about making sure that you're bringing value. Mm -hmm. And so before there used to be a thought process on a presentation, we'll move it down the road a little bit. I think there's more urgency now because you realize how difficult it was to get in front of that customer. And Mm -hmm. that that opportunity may not be as soon as it, it was previously, you know, before it wasn't unheard of to be in the office weekly. And mm-hmm. now sometimes that weekly has turned into monthly or monthly has turned into quarterly. Wow. And so that other kind of component is really to making sure that you do more prep for that initial interaction and subsequent interactions to bring value to that customer. And number one, allow yourself to be invited back and allow yourself mm-hmm. to, to move the business while you're in there. It's the gift that keeps on giving,
0: right? You know, like if you throw a pebble into water, there are the rings that just keep coming out the effects of the pandemic are kind of like that. You know, we we find new ways in which it's affected us from our supply chain to, you know, whether or not you can get in to see a doctor in the hospital to, you know, there's just so many changes that have happened. Patty, if, if someone wanted to learn more about sales, where would you advise that they go to learn more?
1: I would advise beyond the books and beyond the formalized trainings that they can take is... If they're going to get in sales, they're going to have to talk to a lot of different people. They're going to have to be bold. They're going to have to ask questions that sometimes they're going to get a no. So be bold. Connect with the people mm-hmm. that are actually doing the job and do that cold call, reach out. LinkedIn is a great place to go. You can see all these people that are in your within sales, within an organization, or within an industry that you want. Send them a message. You know, you can certainly get in mail messaging if you pay a different premium for LinkedIn and I'm not a spokesperson for LinkedIn, (laughs) but you (laughs) (laughs) you can certainly have that capability to email people that you don't know and then ask them. You know, when I interview, I'll have the reps come to me as a final interview, and I always ask them who they've talked to within the company. And mm-hmm. the best people always say, Oh, I reached out to this person, this person, this person. And I ask, You know, what was the feedback? So they do their own investigation of the company. And so I think you can learn so much from the people that are actually doing the position and doing it right now. I would just say be bold, reach out and connect with people, do your investigation to see if this is something you really want to do and make those connections
0: networking events are starting to happen again. I mean, I've i gotten a few in my email. I'm still not quite ready to jump out there, but other people are. And networking is never easy, but there's a right attitude to have with regard to networking. Can you give the listeners some tips on how to network well?
1: I get a lot of requests for networking and some of the things that I think don't work as well is if you send too broad of a message. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is sometimes I'll get a message that says, hey, I'm just checking in to see how you're managing through the pandemic. That's just too broad. I I don't Mm -hmm. have time to respond to that. But the other thing that I think works really well with networking is to be very intentional in regards to what your ask is and be realistic. If you're trying to reach out to somebody, they probably don't have an hour to spend with you, but maybe Mm -hmm. they have five minutes to spend with you and let them know the two areas that you would like to discuss with them. And you may be able to offer them different avenues to discuss. Somebody may not want to get on a phone call because they may think, I don't have time because that five minutes will turn into 20 minutes. So give them different Mm -hmm. avenues. Mm -hmm. Ask them if they could connect via email, if that's what their preference is. And then really show some kind of thought before you connect with them so that you can make sure that they understand that you're not just trying to take from them. Maybe you can offer them some solution as well, too. And I think that's one of the best things that I see for networking is a lot of times we look at what can I get out of that person Mm-hmm. But you have to go into it with the mindset of what can I also provide to that person? And that's really where you get a connection, where you're giving and they're giving. And mm-hmm. so it's this mutual and, you know, for lack of better term, it's this win-win. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be, it's all about me and, and let me see what I can take from that person. What can you also offer? Because if you're networking, you bring value as well too.
0: Right. And always be willing. And it may not be something that's going to be immediate, but to make sure that the other individual knows that they can call on you if something happens in the future that you're willing to help them. I would also say for people that are networking, be clear on what your purpose is. Yes. I used to run a private shopping service and I did it all through networking you know, you need to have your methods in place on how you're going to keep track of people, but know what your purpose is going in. And I would say, be really clear on what you want from individuals. And that will help you stay on task with your conversations, as well as, you know, it just gives clarity to it. I've heard people ask, How can I help you? And other people don't really know how to answer that question. So it's like being very clear on what you, you know, going back to what you're saying, what is your intention? So it's good to to do that.
1: I think so, too. And it's about kind of what you're talking about is being really clear and not being too broad because you just have to assume that most people are, are pretty busy. But Mm -hmm. I think most people genuinely want to help as well, too. And the thing I would say is don't wait until you need something to continue to cultivate relationships and be a good networker yourself. When somebody reaches out to you, can you provide them help? You know, we all, Mm -hmm. you know, life is a cycle where you have your ups and your downs. I'll use you as an example. When I needed something two or three years ago, old connections, Cindy, you and I have known each other for coming up on 25 years now, and you didn't hesitate to say, Absolutely. And so when you asked me to be present on this podcast, you want to Mm -hmm. return those favors as well, too. You want to build your network and you want to be genuine with people where it's not just about taking.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: If you were given the chance to choose your career all over again,
0: would you still choose sales?
1: I absolutely would. I mean, I I sound like a commercial for Dave Alberts, but he absolutely (laughs) knew what he was doing when he suggested that I move into pharmaceutical sales. I love it. I love the science. I love the patient aspect. I love the sales. I'm very competitive in regards to just my general life, but not Mm -hmm. annoyingly so. But I don't like to lose. I do like to figure things out. And so I love the sales aspect. What I would say, though, is just one caveat is if you're going to go into sales, You have to believe in your product. And that's my caveat. Every time I talk to somebody is that Mm -hmm. I will never sell something I don't believe in because I don't believe in being not genuine. And you can see that when somebody believes in the TV they sell, the car they sell, you see it Mm -hmm. all over. Um, Mm -hmm. And they bring that excitement and that passion. It's just critical. And so I would absolutely choose this career again.
0: Absolutely. Whatever you're looking for make sure that you can align with it. You know, it aligns with what you want out of life if you're looking for a job. You know, is the company going to give you the environment that you want to work in? Is your manager going to be a person that you feel that you can work with, but also somebody you respect? I mean, there are important things to make sure that you consider in your aspect of a job search. So I know that if you do the pre-work, you can... Keep your list and have your elements in mind when you're talking to different people. And then you can hear and make a good judgment on whether or not that's going to be a good fit for you.
1: I agree. And it's about really establishing your negotiables and your non-negotiables. You know, sometimes we look and we think, well, this company has the majority of the things, but there's these little irritants. If it's an irritant, it may still be a good fit. I haven't found any place yet that is perfect. I haven't found any person yet that's perfect. Mm -hmm. But overall, is this a good place for you? That's how I would look is, is really Mm -hmm. what's not negotiable to you and, and look for those things. And look for something where you're excited to come to work and where you're, it's not to say there's not going to be hard days and there's not going to be days where you're like, oh my gosh, enough. But Mm -hmm. overall, when you look at it, are you stimulated? Are you productive? Are you enjoying what you do?
0: Absolutely. Very wise advice, Patty. Well, it's been my pleasure to speak with you. I knew it would be a great conversation. It was. (laughs) And I appreciate your time and effort that you put into preparing for this podcast.
1: You're very welcome, Cindy. It was great to talk with you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
0: I will. Thank you so much, Patty. Thanks for listening, and your support's a blessing. If you enjoyed the podcast, give us a positive rating on Apple. It will help our podcast ranking on all the major sites like Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. We release new podcasts every two weeks on the first and third Wednesdays. Now your support is needed. Keep listening and share these career changing podcasts with your friends, your family, your coworkers, and anyone else you feel it will bless. In addition to the major sites, they can also find these podcasts on my website at insiderscareerclub.com. Now, if you're not happy with your career, let me help you. I can help you get your career on track. Sign up for a free coaching call with me today. Before you go, let's speak victory over you. You have a bright future. Good breaks are looking for you. And new doors are about to swing wide open with opportunity. Believe it. Until next time, take care.